0: everyone, and welcome back to JCM Prepare the Way. My name is Carol, and I just want to welcome you all back to our series on Revelation. We are so glad that you're tuning in. And today we are covering chapter seven. You know, chapter seven is interesting. It is one of those interludes we discussed in the last episode, and it takes place between the sixth seal at the end of chapter six and the seventh seal, which is found in the beginning of chapter eight. So in chapter seven, you have this uh, time where it kind of darts away onto another topic. And what it does is it mentions two groups of people in this chapter, two groups of people in two very distinct places. The first group is a limited number of Jews protected on the earth. And then the second group is an uncountable number of Christians who are protected in heaven. So what we're going to do is we're going to break this chapter up into two parts and, And today we are just going to talk about the first group, this group of Jewish people who are protected on earth. And it is called the people refer to them as the 144,000. So when you hear someone talk about the 144,000, this is where and what they are talking about. So I'm going to read the whole chapter of chapter seven in this episode. We will not read it in the second episode. So I'm going to go ahead and read that first. After these things... I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth, on the sea, or on any tree. Then I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was granted to harm the earth and the sea, saying, Do not harm the earth, the sea, or the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God on their foreheads. And I heard the number of those who were sealed, 144,000 of all the tribes of the children of Israel were sealed. Of the tribe of Judah, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Reuben, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Gad, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Asher, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Naphtali, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Manasseh, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Simeon, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Levi, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Issachar, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Zebulun, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Joseph, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Benjamin, 12,000 were sealed. After these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude which no one could number, of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. All the angels stood around the throne, and the elders, and the four living creatures, and fell on their faces before the throne, and worshipped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom, "'thanksgiving and honor and power and might "'be to our God forever and ever. "'Amen.' "'Then one of the elders answered, saying to me, "'Who are these arrayed in white robes, "'and where did they come from?' "'And I said to him, Sir, you know.' "'So he said to me, "'These are the ones who come out of the great tribulation, "'and washed their robes and made them white "'in the blood of the Lamb. "'Therefore they are before the throne of God "'and serve him day and night in his temple.' And he who sits on the throne will dwell among them. They shall neither hunger no more or thirst anymore. The sun shall not strike them nor the heat. For the lamb who is in the midst of the throne will shepherd them and lead them to living fountains of waters. And God will wipe away every tear from their eye. What a picture. You know, chapter seven opens up with these four angels standing on the four corners of the earth. And four, as we mentioned in the prior episode, is a number that is representative of the earth. So we have four angels that are posted in strategic places around the earth, covering it from end to end, not just in one region or one country. This is global. And it was granted to them all authority to harm the earth, the sea, and the trees. But for now, they were only withholding the wind. No trace of wind will be felt on the earth or on the sea or even on a tree. That's incredible. You know, we tend to take for granted the refreshment wind can bring, especially on hot days. To feel a light breeze on your face or when you're taking a walk and you see things blow through the air or a flower blows its petals off or maybe you're at the beach, right? And you're sitting there and you watch as the wind stirs up the waves or when it blows on you in the hot sun while you're reading a book. So to have no wind will be awfully strange, don't you think? You know, Job 38 is a great chapter to read sometimes. It's God's response to Job and his friends, basically, about his sovereignty. And he talks about how he controls the wind and everything else. You know, God's designs are not centered on humanity alone. He uses meteorological elements, meteorological elements, can't say that, to interview in human affairs. And in this case, it's the wind. I mean, even when I look out my window right now, I see leaves lightly moving from the wind. But when this takes place, nothing will be felt. That's bizarre to me. And it's in this standstill that another angel ascends from the east, having the seal of god let's talk about that for a minute the seal of god you know ancient seals they were an engraving that was set in a stone or a metal or some other hard substance they could also be called signets which were small seals and especially ones that would be set in a ring but usually a seal was an image it had it was either a symbol or a figure And what they would do is they would use it and make an impression on clay or some other soft substance. And so that signet would make a deep impression in clay or wax forming an official seal. And seals were usually used by those in high authority and they were usually attached to an object like a possession or a document in order to give it its authenticity or its ownership or its authority. I mean, we've seen that even when we watch movies and someone opens up a seal that was sent from the king, right? It's important that we fully grasp their importance though, because you see the imprinted seal carries the full authority of the office it represents and no one dares question it. And so the design would be well known and the mark would undeniably declare the full authority of royal ownership and from in most cases there is pain of death to those who violate it so when you have an angel ascending from the east having the seal of the living god this is the seal above all seals because he's lord of all so he this is he is carrying something with great authority and ready to perform an act that is going to guarantee and show the world his authority. And this angel tells the other four, hold off on harming the earth, to see in the trees until they have sealed the servants of God on their foreheads. What servants? Well, 144,000 Jewish men of all the tribes of the children of Israel and 12,000 in each tribe. So let's first talk about the tribes and then let's talk about the number. You know, in the Old Testament, the Jewish people, in case you don't know this, some of you out there may know this, so this is just review for you. But in the Old Testament, the Jewish people were divided up into 12 tribes and each tribe was given a piece of land, a territory. The northern part of Israel was called the Northern Kingdom and 10 of the tribes resided in the Northern Kingdom. While the southern part of Israel was called the southern kingdom, and two of the tribes resided there, the tribes of Judah and the tribes of Benjamin. And the southern kingdom was also where Jerusalem was located. So when you read your Bible and you're reading through the prophets, right, the prophets mainly, certain prophets were assigned to prophesy to the northern kingdom and others were assigned to prophesy to the southern kingdom. But both kingdoms ultimately rebelled against the Lord when they embraced idolatry and other pagan practices. And regardless of how many prophets he sent to warn them, and some of them prophesying for decades, they wouldn't listen to him. They wouldn't turn back to God. So he used, the Lord used the Assyrians from the north as his instruments of judgment for the 10 northern tribes and he used King Nebuchadnezzar from Babylon to be his instrument of judgment for the southern kingdom, the two other tribes. Remnants from the two tribes in the south went into captivity in Babylon for 70 years. While the remnants, and when I say remnants, these are people that didn't die in the slaughter, remnants from the 10 northern tribes were scattered throughout all kinds of other lands and then appeared to be lost forever. That is why even today, They are referred to as the Ten Lost Tribes of Israel. So if you've ever heard that terminology, that's why. And yet, they show up on this list. All but one. One lost tribe. The tribe of Dan. And Dan is replaced with Joseph. Because the tribe of Dan rebelled against God's will for it. And it was replaced in much the same way as Judas Iscariot among the Twelve Apostles. So both are warnings against taking our place and God's promises for granted. Dan is omitted, which means they must pass through tribulation without a ceiling. And this is important because while many in the church preach that the church has replaced Israel, God is clearly saying they have not. He is going to let loose 144,000 spirit-filled Jewish men in the tribulation, my friends. We can't even begin to comprehend or calculate what's going to happen when that occurs. 120 Jews turned Israel upside down after Pentecost. Many of us have 120 churches in our immediate area and people don't even know we're here. Do you know what chutzpah is? Well, a Jew does because they have it. It's self-confidence. They don't get embarrassed and you can't silence them. No one can shut them up. It's a good thing, actually. I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. It's a loving way because God knows who to send out on the earth for such a time as this at this point of revelation. You must remember that God's covenant with the Jewish people is eternal. That's why it says in Jeremiah 31, 35 through 36, thus says the Lord who gives the sun for a light by day, the ordinance of the moon and stars for a light by night, who disturbs the sea and waves roar, right? The Lord of hosts is his name. If those ordinances depart from me, says the Lord, then the seed of Israel shall also cease from being a nation before me forever. God made an unconditional promise that they would survive as long as the universe lasted. Well, We're still here in the universe, aren't we? And what's interesting is those tribes aren't lost to him. He knows where his tribes are. Even if they appear lost to us. Hosea actually confirms this in chapter 5. You can read that. And so God has not rejected his people. Reread Romans 11, namely verse 11. And he has chosen a specific number from each tribe to be sealed with his seal for end-time work. It's incredible. Now, some believe this to be an exact and true number, while others state that the numbers seem arbitrary, even artificial, symbolic in some way. Well, there's no way to know for sure. But what we can pay attention to is the information that we do have, and that is the number 12. 12. It's a number that represents God's power and authority, as well as a perfect governmental foundation. That's what the number 12 represents in the Bible. And Revelation alone has 22 occurrences of this number, telling us that his government is taking over. His governmental foundation was with the 12 tribes of Israel in the Old Testament, right? And remember, Jesus is descended from the tribe of Judah, one of those tribes, But his governmental authority was also given to the 12 apostles after his ascension into heaven, which is why you will find both the names of the tribes and the names of the apostles in the new Jerusalem, which we'll cover later. So to mention 12,000 is emphasizing his government power and authority a thousand times over. That's where the emphasis is. However, Regarding this number, may I mention that when you observe all of God's dealings in Scripture, he is very precise in all of his measurements and all of his numbers. So I believe he's going to be exact in this. Switching over to Revelation 14.1 for a moment, which we will cover also in the future, it says something interesting. Then I looked and behold a lamb standing on Mount Zion and with him 144,000, having his father's name written on their foreheads. This is believed to be the same sealed 144,000 we've been talking about, and it appears we learn what's written on the seal, the father's name. Remember, the seal was usually attached to an object like a possession or a document, in order to give it its authenticity, its ownership, or authority. It carries the full authority of the office it represents and no one dares question it. Which means, my friends, these are marked men, marked by the angels when they put the seal on their foreheads. And when you read in intervening chapters... The Antichrist also places a seal on the forehead of every person that will accept it. So in the end, I think every human being was going to have either one or two seals, the seal of the Antichrist or the seal of God. We'll revisit these 144,000 again when we get to chapter 14, and we're going to continue sharing some interesting things on them. But what is clear in learning about this group is that it will be a very limited proportion of a nation That is now numbered in the millions. And the total will be equally divided among all the tribes without favoring any. So regardless if you believe the number to be accurate or not, the thing to pay attention to is that the number of young men mentioned in these tribes will be special and will be set apart by God for God, sealed with the seal of the king of all kings. It's astounding to think about. We'll continue part two, excuse me, with a second group of people mentioned, a great multitude coming out of tribulation. Join us in that episode when we discuss the tribulation and the rapture of the saints. God bless you.